Good morning. Welcome to Oh No, Ross and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on French science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Carrie Poppy. And I'm Ross Blotcher. And we are all Africans. Yes, this is the story of what happens when you join the Pan-Africans and find out they're pretty fucking normal. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. <laughs> so, what is a Pan-African, Carrie? The Pan-Africans are people who support the political movements in Africa. The people who currently live in Africa getting their rights to their own property, having political freedom. Rising up against oppressive governments and militia groups. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. The group that we got involved with also is is very heavily focused on how the major monotheistic religions have been oppressive to the people of Africa and their descendants. So I read some of the, the key points that they were making. And like you say, they were kind of speaking out against the traditional monotheistic religions, Judaism, Islam, and Christianity, and their gods, Yahweh, Allah, and Trinity. I thought that was interesting. That's what they referred to the Christian god as. So how did we find out about this? I don't know, Ross. How did you find out about it? Well, we're both part of a book club group. That's actually where we met. Mm -hmm. And on the mailing list for that, someone had passed along this flyer about an upcoming Pan-African celebration seminar. I got all excited. So I read some of the, the key points that they were making. And like you say, they were kind of speaking out against the traditional monotheistic religions. So Judaism, Islam, and Christianity, and also talking about such things as the unity of Pan-Africans and unification of the 55 colonial countries into one super country, Africa Republic, under one continental government. It seems that in all the meetings that we've attended, they're really trying to focus on disabusing people of the monotheistic faiths. Mm-hmm. So, And I have to say, when you brought this to my attention, I remembered then that I had had one encounter with them. Oh, really? At, yeah. So you and I both live in Los Angeles, and there's a school here, the University of California, Los Angeles, that has a big book fair uh, every year. And yes. I had gone to the book fair, and there are a bunch of religious groups that set up their tents and will give out their holy books for free, hmm. which is pretty good. It's a pretty good gig because you're walking around looking at all these very expensive books uh-huh. and then these free books look really good no matter what's in them. So <laughs> it's pretty smart. But there is this one group walking around handing out booklets about this book that you're holding, Ross. Oh, yes. Um, we are all Africans and and saying, uh, you know, did you know that monotheistic God religions have been used to oppress Africans and, and you said, well, yes, I do know that. And you say it's a big book fair. Well, they qualify. They've got a big book. Mm. It is 772 mm. pages. See what you did there. <laughs> Wasn't that genius? Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and it was a book study for their book. And so I went, not really knowing what to wear. So I dressed kind of nicely at the appointed time at the Africa House. That's mm-hmm. what they call their meeting place, which is, it's a house mm-hmm. in a neighborhood. Right. You know, I was expecting something that looked like a center of some kind. No, it's just a residential house on a city block. But it is the Africa House. Mm -hmm. And they were busy setting up their web streaming. You can actually watch their meetings online, live. And I'm pretty sure when I would look over at the computer that no one was ever actually logged in watching it from anywhere. You know, maybe uh, maybe now some of our listeners will want to watch. Yeah, and I think you can also watch them later. So even though they were streaming them, they were probably also recording them for the website. So it took them a while to get all that set up. And I'm just kind of sitting there and people are streaming in and uh, I'm the only white person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't know if our listeners realize you and I are both Caucasian. Yes. And when you first went and you saw that it was like a we are all Africans sort of message. My first thought was, yes, 
we are all Africans. Right. That is scientifically correct. Mm-hmm. We all emigrated out of Africa. And by we, we mean humans. Yeah, all yeah human beings came originally from you know the Rift Valley. That's where we, we, we evolved mm-hmm. within the last 60,000 years, I believe. Uh, we can all trace our ancestry back there. So I thought, yeah, that's factually true. Mm-hmm. Let's see what else they have to say. And did you wonder at that time if this group was mostly African-Americans? Yes. From looking at the advertisement, I felt I would probably be the only Caucasian there, mm-hmm. which made it all the more enticing to me. So yeah, I showed up and uh, everybody was very friendly. I'll admit I got some maybe kind of strange looks like, what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. But <laughs> they warmed up to me very quickly. That particular lesson that I first went to was about Allah and his origins as a moon god. And I actually didn't know a lot of this stuff. So I was kind of absorbing that. I know more about the origins of the Judeo-Christian religions. And there were mentions of that. And then at the end of this lecture that uh, the author of the book and the leader of the meetings, Dr. Quadwo Obang, gave, they had a question and answer session. And I'd been paying attention and taking notes. And so they'd ask a question and the other eight or nine people in the room would kind of sit there sort of shyly and not really offer answers. And so I'd kind of raise my hand or jump in. And so I quickly became the answer man. And then the the woman who was leading the meetings, MJ, after a while would just kind of point, I bet Ross knows. (laughs) So it was kind of cute. Like I immediately became sort of the go-to guy for answering the questions that had just been answered during the lecture. Nice. And then afterwards there was like a nice little fellowship time. They had food, ate with them. Yeah, it was great. So our slogan is we show up so you don't have to. And we say that we go and we investigate these unlikely sounding claims. So when you first went, what would you say was the unlikely sounding claim? You know what? I think I was just hoping that there would be something that I could lock onto as being maybe controversial. When I got there, I immediately did have questions because the way they were talking about ancestors and the gods of Africa, it sounded like Mm -hmm. they were telling African people, get away from these gods of the oppressors, the Western religions, and man-made. Instead, you should go back to the earlier religions. Mm -hmm. And so I was wondering, well, then what's the distinction here? Do they really believe that those are real gods, that they listen to them, that the Mm -hmm. ancestors are actually there watching? them or do they just sort of want to traditionally honor them yeah and so i left that first meeting not really understanding Mm -hmm. where that distinction and you said i know who will help me understand carrie my trusty sidekick (laughs) carrie Carrie poppy yeah so i said i've got to i've got to bring her to the next one Mm -hmm. and i said let me get my cape right Well, we did have to get new accoutrements. We did. Well, actually, I had everything that I ended up wearing there. Yes, just together. It was how it formed its magic. Because they did say they recommended wearing African garb mm -hmm, to the meetings. Traditional African regalia. I ended up being able to piece together some some things that I had. I watched a YouTube video about how to tie a headscarf in traditional African form, um, which is now my favorite way to tie a headscarf for us. That's really funny. It reminds me of the time I had to learn how to tie a turban. But that's another story. Mm-hmm. I thought instead of going with the traditional African regalia, I would get the We Are All African shirts on the Richard Dawkins store. And for anyone who doesn't know, Richard Dawkins is an evolutionary biologist. Yes. So he's making the literal evolutionary claim. We are all Africans. That's right. where we come from mm-hmm. as humans. As soon as I saw that title of the book, I thought, oh, yeah, that that's just like this shirt. That's exactly what we say. And so I bought that. And it has on the reverse side an anti-biblical message. <laughs> so I thought, oh, they'll just love this, you mm-hmm. know, if I show up at this We're All African shirt. And we learned later that Richard Dawkins had actually asked permission to sell that shirt 
Doctor. Right, Doctor Obang told us that. Yeah. When we finally went, on the way there, I was reading the book, which you had bought, you know, kind of trying to cram for the test, as it were, and looking for unlikely claims. And the one that I came on was pretty close to the beginning, second or third chapter, and the author is talking about his personal religious beliefs. Mm. And, you know, there's like a, a very slight very very slight like cult of personality thing going on in this group a little bit maybe uh, yeah okay i mean i mean the lightest degree possible sure. but i do think like his his point of view is like really revered oh yeah i think that really is what defines the meeting mm -hmm. is his particular book his particular outlook right. Right. on life so i was you know interested to hear what his view on religion was and yeah. he kept saying in this one chapter i'm not an atheist i'm not an atheist i'm not an atheist right but i don't believe in god uh -huh. <laughs> a little confusing. Um, and then I thought, okay, maybe he means he's an agnostic. But then he started saying, well, clearly there's design in the human brain. It's far too complex. Yeah. Okay, maybe he's a deist. And it just didn't seem right. totally clear. And later in the chapter, he denies evolution. Yes. So that was oh, something that we definitely oh, oh, oh. wanted to uh, wanted to uh, talk to him about. This time it was Judeo-Christian belief, and it was looking at the Bible. And that's where we were on very familiar territory. I know a lot about the Bible and its history, and so I was really eagerly joining in and, mm -hmm. again, became very vocal during the meeting. And I had to pee. Oh, yeah. you really had. <laughs> And we were sitting at the very front with these bright lights pointing at us because they had mm -hmm. these lights on for the webcast mm -hmm. that I think no one was watching. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we were and square we were in the stuffed. lights. And you had a headache, too. And right? I had a headache. Yeah. And of all our investigations, this was the hardest for me to focus on because it history in general has never been my favorite subject. Mm. So I'm trying to pay attention but I have to pee, mm -hmm. and now my head hurts. I'm staring into these bright lights, and meanwhile, Ross is like, oh, I'm the answer, I'm the answer, I'm the answer. And I was like, oh, look at that here. I was thinking, like, Carrie's being oddly silent. Is she, is she, is she like, wanting me to be quiet? <laughs> <laughs> and then I finally got up to go to the bathroom, and as I came back, I sat in a different place. Yes, which confused everybody. Confused everyone, and they had me. to stop for a second and be like, is Where's your, your friend, friend okay? <laughs> Right. And then you're like, I'm in the back. I'm back here. So that first meeting that I attended was about the claims of the Bible, particularly the Old Testament, mm -hmm. whether those are backed by science and anthropology. And archaeology. And the answer was a resounding no. Right. And and the book is really this collection of resources and, you know, internet searches and, you know, all these things that Dr. Obang has put together. It's just kind of this free form compendium of all these individual thoughts. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you know, it's well researched, at least it was consistent with, with what I found. So so yeah, I was chiming along happily and MJ and I got into a long conversation that day, just kind of sharing little anecdotes. You sure did. Yeah, she gave me stuff to look up. Oh yeah, we were on <laughs> I the, still had to pee. <laughs> we were on the same <laughs> wavelength. Yeah, you were on the peeing wavelength. We've been talking about how all of this kind of stems the definitive word of the group seems to be Dr. Obama. Bang's mm -hmm. ideas, but I think everybody, every single individual there had a slightly different political understanding, a slightly mm -hmm. different religious understanding. So every now and then someone would kind of get the floor and go off on a political tangent or a religious tangent and everybody... Not along. Yeah, not along, mm -hmm. you know, patiently and, you know, respectfully, mm -hmm. but you could tell they were on a slightly different track on that particular subject. 
sure. And I think that that's also a good sign. You know, yes. all these people are yeah. dissenting and there's no repercussions. Doesn't no one's turn being into humiliated. An yeah. I think often it was a spirit of, oh, well, I've never heard that before, but okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Which is perfectly good response. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think it was a monoculture in terms of ideas, but mm-hmm. I think Dr. Obang rules the day. Sure. And we should say about him that he was a Jehovah's Witness minister. For 50 years, 50 but looks years. like he's 45. Five, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah, he looks super young. He's originally from Ghana. He had been a minister for all these years as a Jehovah's Witness and then had finally just come to the realization, oh, wait, I don't believe this. Right. Well, he, he studied the evidence for what he was teaching, yeah. felt that it was faulty, and then started basically self-teaching this amazing amount of science and history. Yeah. He's a well-learned man. Yeah, absolutely. And and everybody respected him as such, and, mm-hmm. and we do too. Yeah. And we got to talk to him several times at the end of these meetings. We would pull him aside and, you know, ask yeah. him all our, our dirty questions. And the only ones that I felt he didn't have satisfactory answers to was what you'd expect. It was that mm-hmm. chapter about the God question and about the design of the human brain. Yeah. And when we'd kind of press him a little bit, we didn't really try to turn it into a education moment about evolution or anything. But when we'd ask him about it, he would say, oh, yeah, I see the common descent and how we're all related. But uh, I just feel like evolution doesn't quite explain everything. You know, there's mm-hmm. a lot science doesn't understand. Right. And that would be kind of it where he would leave it. And then I asked him directly, well, then would you say you have kind of a deist belief mm-hmm. that there is some sort of creative power, but it doesn't really do anything? And uh, he agreed to that. After the first meeting, when we were having a kind of a little socializing moment at the end, there was this woman who approached me and she said, so how many mm, Caucasians would you say know these things about the origins of religion? Oh, yeah, uh-huh. it was cute how she kind of searched out yeah. this word and finally found it. And I said, well. You said six. <laughs> exactly six. I'm <laughs> one of them. I said like about between 10 and 20% of the population somewhere in there. All right. Do you think that's overly generous? Oh, I have no idea. That's yeah. usually where I wouldn't know I how to pick any number for that estimates. out of my ass. But yeah, not all of them would necessarily be historically literate. I also asked him, you know, how do you feel about these gods? Do we really believe that the ancestors are watching us or that these African gods, even though they're older and predate the monotheistic gods, do we believe that they are real? And he said, oh, no, all gods are Mm man-made. So he cleared that up. And then that was another question I had that I think I saved for the third meeting that we went to, which was, you know, how do other african-americans receive this message because Mm -hmm. they were even saying hey who wants to go door to door with us Mm -hmm. and they were trying to actively outreach Mm -hmm. uh, with this message and they said oh everybody's really receptive and very friendly because i i thought they'd get a negative reaction right but then mj said that she got the impression that they didn't really understand right that i mean that anyone who gets this message for the first time and only gets like a 40 second pitch Mm -hmm. isn't gonna quite grasp it which makes sense it's a lot of information yeah um but they didn't get like vehement angry reactions you know like hey you can't say anything bad about the religions or moses or Mm -hmm. you know yahweh you know i i feel like if you want to go hang out with the Pan-Africans, you go hang out with them. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Give them I money. Think, do whatever. I think we can recommend them heartily. Yeah. 
another mm-hmm. aspect of these meetings is that they would open it with these prayers and well, what they called libations. Mm-hmm. We're going to offer some now. So a libation is where the leader of your group, in this case, obviously me, mm-hmm. um, holds mm-hmm. a bowl in one hand and a cup of water in the other. And you pour some water from the cup into the bowl mm-hmm. and you offer sort of a praise, an appreciation yeah. for someone, usually someone who's passed, it mm-hmm. seemed. We call upon those esteemed ancestors. First of all, I will call upon Sanford Alexander and ask him to bring his his stoic and his uh, quiet and esteemable voice as he brings his presence forth to sit down on this couch or uh, maybe because when we talk in terms of the spirits, he might sit up here or he might sit on on, on Professor O'Bean's shoulder. Uh, But come and join us. This evening. Ashay. And we call upon Kwame Nkrumah and ask him to come forth and join with us this evening. Ashay. Ashay. And we call upon Al Haj Malik Omawali, Malcolm X Shabazz. And ask him to come and join with us today. So, who should we offer this to? Well, this is February now, so Martin Luther King Jr. Okay. So, I offer this libation to Martin Luther King Jr., who we like. Well, yeah. Ashe. Ashe. See, now I poured water into this. Yes, and we said Ashe, which is kind of the African amen. Right. But means something specific. I looked it up and now I forget. Oh, does it? Because when I asked, is it kind of similar to amen, you know, with the, so let it be done, Mm -hmm. he he seemed to agree with that and say, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's the exact idea of it. I don't know Mm -hmm. what it Mm -hmm. literally translated would mean. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so who else? Uh, well, let me think of who they were uh, particularly calling out. Well, there was a, a gentleman who had originally donated the Africa House. They would always mention him. Oh, so we should do one to our donors. Yes, we should. <laughs> well, how about first we offer one to someone who's been around the podcast since its inception, Brian mm-hmm. Keith Dalton, our theme music composer. Yes. So I offer this libation to Brian Keith Dalton in honor of his beautiful music. Ashe. Ashe. I would like to offer this libation for our producer, Ian Kramer. Oh. Ashe. Helps us on the back end. Ashe. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> helps us on the back end. And uh, I would like to offer a lovation to all of our donors this month, all seven who we will mention at the end of this episode. Ashe. Ashe. You take the water, and in our case, you pour it in my house plant. I had gone to see a performance called Fela, about Fela Kuti, the Afrobeats originator as this uh, musical movement and he was also very politically active and it was this great great performance with all this amazing dancing and it was very much related to what I had just seen at this Pan-African meeting. People were yelling out Ashe when he would say things on stage and and so I kind of reported back when we went to the subsequent meetings and I showed the flyer and so they sent some of them to go see it and they also raved about it. Well my wife and I had looked up a bunch of YouTube clips of Fela Kuti after seeing the play because the dancing was just so amazing and the music was great but we didn't really get much of an indication from that play of what his real political statements were and we got the indication that there were a lot of wives but we found out there was like two dozen wives it's crazy. oh my yeah, yeah. Um, you know which isn't necessarily wrong if, if everybody's cool with that but just from the video footage we saw it didn't look like he handled women too well mm. um, but all that aside the music is fabulous mm. 
So we went to one more meeting. One of the ladies who was attending said, when are we going to talk about... Yeah, she was tired of all this Old Testament Jesus, stuff. Yeah, yeah, she wanted to hear the dirt on Jesus. Right. And here they are talking about Moses. And they're like, we'll get to it. We've got to work through the chapters in this very, very, very long book. <laughs> Moses is an Egyptian name. The meaning is born of or child of. For example, we've heard of Ramses, Ramses, son of Ram. Thought Moses, son of Thought. At Moses, son of Yah. At Menesis, son of Amun. So that's an Egyptian name. He was, he was son of somebody. Whoever his father was, we don't know. After each of these teachings, there would be a question and answer period. And um, this last one, since I didn't have to pee and was <laughs> able to pay mostly attention, although we were sitting in front of this very warm fireplace and I was yeah. feeling a little sleepy. We but... always ended up kind of near the front, like right at the center of the action. And I could see like when they had the video camera mm -hmm. going on to broadcast this, I was like always in the frame, mm. like right on the edge. Nice. Was, like kind of cool. They would ask us these questions afterward. They were always worded in such a way that I wasn't sure exactly what they were driving at, like mm. how I was supposed to answer the question. So, for example, it would say like, what is the origin of Yahweh? And then I would be like, oh, do they mean like he's man-made or do they mean he is the god of, of mm. Judaism? Or right. do they mean which historical text did he first show up in? And so I'd be having this sort of inner dialogue and then they would be like, nobody, <laughs> nobody. And Roz? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you would just start like, just sort of saying facts about him. Well, he's angry. And he's from here and just sort of, you just sort of went for it. I overthought it. Yeah. And I had a lot of Moses anecdotes and everything. I was having mm -hmm. fun. I mm -hmm. really enjoy these meetings. I, I recommend know. it for it's everybody. It's like your favorite thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed it fine, but, but God, please sit near the bathroom. There were only a few things that were uttered that I would say were kind of inflammatory or, mm -hmm. you know, would kind of make you pause for a second. Like at one point, the speaker was saying, death to Islam, death to Judaism, mm -hmm. death to Christianity. I was like, whoa, okay. Is this yeah. kind of rhetoric? Mm -hmm. Right, right. That sort of thing, out of context, would sound very adversarial. And, you know, kind of these mentions of this one government of Africa and overthrowing mm -hmm. all our oppressors. You know, they mentioned certain corporations, particularly like De Beers. So some of that language sounded a little strident, I guess. Fair. That's but, fair. But it didn't bother me, so I don't know if it would bother anybody else. And, but, of course, we only went to three meetings. and Right. Who knows? But, yeah, uh, everybody was so friendly. Everybody was really warm and gracious toward us and really seemed to enjoy having us there. I even got called Brother Ross at one point. Oh, right. They never called me Sister Carrie. They would call everybody brother and sister. And then I thought, oh, they don't call me sister. And yeah, they would add that as the prefix. And, yeah, we were just Ross and Carrie, mm -hmm. as we are known to many in the world. <laughs> right. <laughs> but Dr. Obang called me Brother Ross at one point. I thought that was great. Nice. Some other of their controversial statements are right there on that original flyer that they used to advertise the event, uh, in which they invite you to come unlearn, learn, and fellowship with fellow Africans. I like that. I think that's mm -hmm. pretty clever. Yeah, that's clever. I see what they did there. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Unlearn. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they cover in their lessons slavery and reparations from Africans, Europeans, Americans, Arabs, and Jews. That's an interesting claim that we didn't really hear them talk about and washing our brains from the stain of the Judeo-Christian Islamic religions and replacing them with African cosmology. Again, that's another claim that you know, makes us scratch our heads a little bit, mm -hmm. but I, I think we got that question answered. And I, I got the sense that they were kind of su 
suggesting sort of this reunification of Africa that made me think that they were like a little bit separatist. And I was wondering about that too. I don't know. Did you get that feeling at all? Separatist in, in like, you know, oh, the black people should have their own continent. That should be their thing. And oh, we, I don't it, think so. But because, uh, I, well, I don't know. I don't know. We need to kick out these people who are, you know, making businesses out of exploiting our precious resources, our diamonds and the rare metals in the Congo. Right. And, and you know, I was trying to think, what is their actual vision of the future? Are we all kind of separated? Because they're referring to Africans outside of Africa, meaning recent Africans outside of Africa as a diaspora. Uh-huh. And so I never kind of fully got what their vision of the future is. And I think if you'd asked, you know, all 10 people at the meeting, you would have gotten 10 different answers. Yeah. Is my sense of it. And before I went to the first meeting, mm-hmm. I emailed uh, Dr. Obang. Oh, yeah. After I'd already gone. Right. You had already gone. And I was emailing about something unrelated. I think maybe just the time of the meeting. But I said, you know, on a separate note, I want to mention I'm Caucasian. I assume I'm welcome, too, because, of course, I'm an African, too. (laughs) But I wanted to make sure that I wasn't infringing on any traditions. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, if you're historically all black, I don't want to mess that up. true. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, So, um, but he... um, (laughs) That was very sensitive of you. I had no such sensitivity. (laughs) I just showed up. But, yeah, and I said, uh, you know, my friend Ross has been before, and he's a Caucasian, too, and felt very welcome. But Mm -hmm. I just wanted to make sure we respected whatever your tradition is. And he was so nice. He just wrote back and said, oh, Carrie, we are all Africans. Of course, you are yes. welcome. And and that was totally the attitude from everybody. Mm-hmm. Really accepting. Very warm. So, yeah, it was nice of you to check, though. Oh, and when we read the acknowledgments in the book, we noticed that, yeah. that he had thanked Dr. Phil Zuckerman. Who's someone that we adore. Yeah. He is a professor at the Claremont College, as a sociology professor, who studies and writes on, among other things, societies that function and function well without religion yes well, that's his major focus and so it was interesting to see him thanked in this book and right we, our, our ears perked right uh-huh. up so ross yes before we go any further and get to our wrap-up and talk about our creepiness rating and our pseudoscience rating and all those good things we have some donations to acknowledge we are so lucky i know we really are our first one is robin capper of auckland new zealand Rob, 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 Rob the Capper, Robin the Capper, by order of the prophet. What does that mean? <laughs> it's a Rock the Casbah reference. Oh, <laughs> Rob the Capper. Oh, okay. Right. Something like that. But I was trying to read it like a haiku, Ross, like oh, a haiku. All right. All right. Fine. Um, That's good. Thank you, Robin. Thank you, Robin. I would also like to offer a libation and a shout out to Warwick Finch. Warwick Woo! Finch. Warwick. I have to say that might be the best donor name we have had. Ashe. Warwick Finch. So we have a Robin and a Finch. I hope these are all birds. What's going names. on? Is this like some kind of joke people it's are giving us the bird? Weird. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Our next one goes to a guy named Andy Breeden, who is the most loyal <laughs> Facebook follower of ours, except for Addison. Ad- Addison Ling. Oh, absolutely. Our number one fan. Mm-hmm. But after her, it might be Andy. Yeah. And he gave us... Uh, we wouldn't we wouldn't do this for everybody, but he gave us ten dollars and said, "Can I please have one line of a limerick?" For his, so here it is. His name was Andy. Okay. <laughs> okay. And then our our next donor is someone that I was so excited to hear from. His name is Jeff Gilpin. 
Mm-hmm. And he wrote a book that I read called The Maharishi Effect. It's oh, all yeah. about transcendental meditation. You were already familiar with it. Yeah. I had read it a few years ago and I loved it. It's called The Maharishi Effect. Hopefully we'll be able to get into transcendental meditation in uh, a future episode mm-hmm. and we'll talk about the book some more. He wrote to us and said he was a fan of the show and could he please send us his book? And we were like, I- I've read your book, but yes, please send me a signed copy. And he did and he's lovely. So for his donation... There once was an author named Jeff, whose book perches on Carrie's shelf. He transcendentally meditated, only to find out he'd been placated. So he'll take the royalties for himself. Nice. Thank you. All right, so Ross, before we get to our other donors, Mm -hmm. let me hear, for the Pan-Africans, what your pseudoscience rating would be, where 10 is something just completely unscientific. Like, like uh, every piece of your DNA is made of goat sperm. Oh, that kind of sounds a little plausible. And then, <laughs> and one is something completely scientific, like, uh, what's really scientific? Uh, I don't, evolution comes to oh, mind. Oh, yeah, the theory, the theory of, evolution. of evolution. There you go. Yeah, boy, that's ironclad. Um, boy, uh, you know, and I should make a point earlier. We were talking about pseudoscience. We call this the pseudoscience rating. Really, I think the kind of working definition of pseudoscience is something that uses the trappings of science mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. promote an unscientific belief okay, or yeah. unscientifically founded. But I think we kind of use the rating even a little more broadly just mm-hmm. to kind of mention the science content, the attitude towards science. So sure. with that Whether understanding, scientific. yeah, I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to give it very low, even though there was some hesitancy about evolution. You know, he sounded willing to learn. I'm sure if we had more time to talk to Dr. Obang, he would be receptive and learn more about evolution. Uh, I mean, he's already made such a huge mind shift already. Mm-hmm. So I think the attitude was really toward looking at evidence, being willing to change one's mind. I'm going to give it a super low rating. I'm going to say like 1.5. Okay. It's fair. Yeah, this is also tough because we're talking about just one group within what's an enormous movement. Mm-hmm. And I and I think this group might actually be a little different from the typical groups within this movement. So yeah. just judging it by the group that we attended and knowing that that's heavily influenced by this one person's opinion, I would say his his point of view, yeah, is probably like around a two on the pseudoscience Mm-hmm. rating and and that's partly just because of the confusion like uh it's not entirely clear whether they're telling us to worship the the traditional african gods or not unless you ask him straight up right <clears throat> and not... i have a sense that some of the people at the meeting were right and if you were to talk to them and get their reflections there was one woman talking about the aliens building pyramids and stuff so right. if you talk to individual members i think you'll get some very pseudoscientific things or very mm-hmm. non-scientific ideas Mm -hmm. but yeah as far as the official word the mainline position goes for that group it was pretty pretty good yeah i agree all right so how about pocket drainer value where 10 is very draining oh and one is not so draining i Mm -hmm. would say again i'd give it maybe i'd give it a one maybe a two uh because they asked for donations and they kind of said what they wanted to do with funds so they were certainly mentioning it and willing to take funds and the book is rather pricey. I think that was like 60 bucks or something. But yeah, there was no guilt trip being laid upon. Yeah, I'd say a one if that. I mean, I didn't buy the book. If I had bought it, I would have bought the Kindle edition, which is 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. That's true. You, that's a good thing to mention. Yeah, they ask for donations, but not even in the obvious way they ask you for donations most 
places. Like, you know, most places they'll give you a kind of hard sell at the end because that's how they stay alive. And this place, they just set out a bowl and they didn't even pass it around and just, you know, asked you for a gift. I made a few donations. Yeah, I made one and I'm sure I more than recouped that on bottled water and (laughs) snacks. That's right. They serve food afterwards, mm-hmm. and that has a cost to it. So, yeah we, yeah, we got our money's worth for sure. Oh, I got I got more, I think, other than gas. Absolutely. How about uh, creepiness rating? What would you give this on a scale of 1 to 10, where 10 is something incredibly creepy? Like, like what, Ross? Like aliens, like the, the gray aliens kind of peering in through your window at night. Hmm... Gray aliens. Yeah, you know, like the four-foot ones with the big, mm. wide, black mm. almond eyes. Okay. And you just see kind of a hint of them sort of looking in at you after you turn off the lights and you're ready to go to bed. I would find that disconcerting. And you don't one look like... is... Okay. And one is something decidedly uncreepy, like watching the latest animated feature for children. I would give this an 0.3. I don't remember feeling creeped out at any moment. Yeah, I think if you heard some of the things they said out of context, particularly some of the political Mm. things, Mm -hmm. I think that we'd get up into the maybe four range. Mm. But any potential creepiness was totally averted Mm -hmm. upon showing up there. Yeah, it was pleasant. How about awkwardness rating, where 10 is something just (laughs) completely awkward, like... You mix up two party invitations, mm-hmm. and you accidentally show up to one of your Mormon friends' parties thinking it is your nudist friend's party. Yes. That's ten. That's ten. And one is something completely not awkward, like your mom saying she loves you. I don't know. That could be a little awkward sometimes, especially depending on the context. Oh, like, mom. Those relationships with your mom. mom. No, kind like of a, in front kind of, of your, a Hamlet and his mom. In front of your friends, you know. You don't want your mm. mom saying that, especially, like, if you're 13. Okay, um... Then your mom, when she's deathly ill, oh, are same. you happy now? Okay, well, that's sad. Yeah, well, it is sad, but it's not awkward. All right, okay? but I'm not happy. I want you to understand. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do we have an awkwardness rating? I added it. Okay, was... actually, I think this one would go kind of high for me. Like, on the initial approach, mm-hmm. there was just this, you know, trying to uh, guess at what people are thinking about you and, like, if you really belong well, about you, uh, because me, you're Caucasian. Me personally, being right. a Caucasian, showing up to a decidedly African-American meeting. Mm-hmm. and uh, But that went away. But I would say that there was that initial feeling of awkwardness as I'm kind of sitting there not really knowing what to do. I'll give it a seven. Okay. How about you? For, for you. Until we got to be friends with all of them, and then it was just fine. I only felt awkward the first time we went, and it's because I wore the traditional African regalia. <laughs> And then I, which they which, do encourage you, which they told me to do, and attire, I thought I was doing the right thing. It says attire, dress to impress, preferably African regalia. Yeah, you and did it. So I did, but yeah, I, it, 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 that that <laughs> felt uncomfortable. <laughs> and actually, that's part of why I didn't pee for so long because I thought there were probably people in the back who hadn't seen me yet, oh, and then I would really? stand up and walk in front of the speaker, and be wearing this outfit. I just. Okay, sounds and like there was a I fair amount of awkwardness. Yeah, but that was just the first time. Um, and then the second time, I just dressed in my normal dress and felt totally not awkward at all. There you go. So if you're going to wear the dress and you, like me, burn in the sun, then you might end up around, like, the five level. It still wasn't, you know, the most awkward thing I've experienced. Okay. The second meeting was, you know, a one. I didn't feel awkward at all. Danger, Carrie. What is the oh, danger rating? It is... <laughs> 
the only danger, and I'm pulling for something here, the only danger I could even imagine is if a listener was listening to the very passionate wording mm-hmm. that Dr. Obang uses and took that a couple steps too far. Okay. So, you know, he does he does talk about lies in Jewish heritage and things like that in a sort of flippant way. So, you know, I could see that lending itself to anti-Semitism or something like that, which, yeah. of course, would be okay. very awful. But he's not promoting that. You know, my feeling in the room would be that the danger is zero. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. All right. Well, before we get to our favorite moments, <coughs> we have just a couple more donors to acknowledge. Now, I would like to offer a libation and a shout out for Deb Bailey and particularly for her husband, Al Lewis. Woo! Both of them from the fine establishment of Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And they hope that Carrie uses some of the money to pay for her hot beverage addiction. I think this is actually a gift from Deb to Al for, oh. his, for his birthday. What a good gift. Uh, he really is. Classy. <laughs> and, and so uh, we wrote them a little poem. Enabling your addiction. Yes. And let me just say, this is not necessarily factual. <laughs> okay. You decide. His name was Al Lewis. His wife was a stewardess. They lived in Cedar Rapids with their parakeet, who's vapid. She paid for Carrie's hot drinks, or so her husband thinks. But really, we used it for chapstick. Thank you. Thank you. Ashe. It's beautiful, Ashe. Our next shout out is to Susan Van Cott. Susan Van Cott. Susan Van Thank you. Shout out. And our last one is for Stephen Dara, who's been very patient. Now, here's what happened with poor Stephen. We tried to put him in a previous episode Mm -hmm. and give him his haiku, and we recorded it. And later in post, you said to me, Carrie. Haikus have five syllables, then seven, then five. Right. You seem to have written a haiku that had like, it was like five syllables, four syllables, five <laughs> syllables or something. This was like, just oh, not crap. the precision I'd come to expect from Carrie. <laughs> so I was like, I'm missing I, something. Here. I typically write the poetry. We've we've come back to poor Stephen. We're so sorry. And He's been here... patient all the way from South Wales, New South Wales. All right. So here is your haiku. We wrote Stephen a haiku. With all the wrong syllables. Dara, we're Sarah. All right, so Ross. Yeah. In this Pan-African adventure, what was your favorite moment? I would say that moment that MJ and I had, just kind of talking back and forth, and you looking very bored. (laughs) Like I needed to be. But we're going back and forth about biblical archaeology, and it was just, I don't know, it was just this fun interchange. Like, we have so much in common. We'd read a lot of the same things. I gave her some stuff to look up. She gave me some stuff to look up. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it was fun. Some of that was interesting. Don't get me wrong. Some of it was interesting. I really had to pee. I don't know if I've expressed this to you. (laughs) I believe you. (laughs) I really had to pee. And you, Carrie, what would be your favorite moment? My favorite moment. Your favorite moment. We were talking about Yahweh, and we were going through those questions at Mm -hmm. the end of it. And as I said before, they were all worded in such a confusing way that I never felt comfortable answering because I didn't know what they were going for. Uh And then she asked this one question. Uh, well, what do we know about Moses? And I said, very clumsy with rocks. <laughs> and, and MJ just thought that was so funny. And she got it, too, yeah, which is like she, a really obscure reference. Right. And she laughed for a really long time. I assume you're talking about like, the time he hit the rock with the staff and made water no, come out? No, because he smashed the tablets. Oh, yeah. and he dropped the tablets, of course. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Just to mention some of the kind of insights that I was giving during the meetings, uh, everybody should uh, look at Exodus 34 and see the second set of Ten Commandments that Moses brought back 
after the first ones were destroyed. And somehow, oddly, they were able to record them just fine in the text, and yet they lost them and needed new mm-hmm, ones engraved mm-hmm. by God. And they're different. Very different. Very different. Read yep. those. And then there's this crazy interlude in Exodus 4 when Moses is first called to go to the Egyptians. And he's agreed, you know, after stuttering at the bush. And he stays at this lodge, and the Lord comes to kill him the next morning. It makes no sense. Read it. It's bizarre. <laughs> and when they say feet, they mean penis. <laughs> anyway. It's true. I believe you. Okay. So it is your favorite time of the show, Ross. Asking what? people for money. You oh. love that. You love that. I it's kind of. It might be a 10 on the awkwardness scale, All but right. <laughs> it is necessary. Because we can't do the show without our, our listeners' help. And we're trying to do more and more interesting investigations. And people keep asking us for really yeah. cool stuff that we want to do. And we are doing some really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. And the donation mm-hmm. money really does help. And we hope to do more. So, um, yeah, we really appreciate all our donors hugely. Yeah. So if you would like to donate to the show, you can go to odopodcast.com and click on the donate button. And let us know how to pronounce your name. Yeah. Oh, please do. Especially, we have so many wonderful listeners from Australia. That's awesome. Which is awesome. Yeah. Yes. Australia many of awesome. them have, have names that I have to then follow up and say, how do you pronounce your name? Mm-hmm. So let us know how to, how to say it. So that's it for our show. And our theme music was written by Brian Keith Dalton of Mr. Deity fame. Visit MrDeity.com to see Brian and his world-famous, award-winning, multi-talented cast, including the world-famous, award-winning, multi-talented <laughs> Carrie Poppy. Remember, you can find us on the web at onopodcast.com or facebook.com slash O-N-R-A-C. And be sure to check out our pictures by liking us, and you can see us in our African regalia. Well, me and my African regalia mm. and you and your stupid Richard Dawkins shirt that's all normal. It's an awesome shirt. It is. is. And before we go, remember, we are all Africans. Well, except Carrot Top. Ashe. Ashe. (laughs) 